to me, there's requirements that a goal has to fit for it to actually be a goal and not a dream. Um, and there's nothing wrong with dreams, but we're, we want to talk about making sure that the things you're planning are actually what you're going to be getting done. This is the Self-Recording Band Podcast, the show where we help you make exciting records on your own, wherever you are, DIY style. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Self-Recording Band Podcast. I am your host, Benedict Tyne, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Malcolm Owen Flood. How are you, buddy? Hello. I'm great, man. I've been having a heck of a good year so far. How about you? Yeah. Um, it had its ups and downs, but um, the good part is that I can finally say that the course is coming. I am um, like... Yeah, I can say it on the podcast now. I was hesitant to do that <laughs> because I didn't really know when I was going to finish it, but now I'm so close to it. So if you're on that waiting list, which some people have been for a while now, it's not going to be long. And um, I'm just wrapping everything up. I've been uploading a bunch of videos the last couple of days. And uh, yeah, it will be there very, very soon. And I cannot wait for this to finally be launched. So, Same uh, here, man. Super yeah. excited. Where do people go if they want to get on that waiting list while they still can? Um, is, is it still possible? If you still want to join that waiting list, you go to the selfrecordingband.com slash academy waiting list. And I would, I would highly recommend you join that list because uh, there's going to be a special offer for you if you do. That's all I can say right now, but it's worth being on that list. So the selfrecordingband.com slash academy waiting list, you still you can still get in. It's like It's probably going to be a week or two. I don't know exactly, but there's still a chance to join that waiting list. And after that, uh, you can officially just sign up for the course. But again, uh, joining that list is recommended. So yeah. Yep. Don't dilly dally because depending on when this episode comes out, it could be very close to the launch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's the the most fun part. Other than that, I've made the most exciting studio purchase ever. And what? yep. And it's not a piece of gear or anything, but I finally got myself an Aeron chair. This one. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I got I'm so jealous. I got the like the remaster, the new one, like the the new version, like with all the features, like the full top level, top model they they have. I was wanting to do that for so long, but these last couple of weeks were so hard because I was sitting in my chair for like 14, 15 hours a day for two weeks straight and like it hurt <laughs> so much. And I was started I started to feel so unhealthy and uh, I just thought, I mean, sitting is still bad and you need exercise and everything. But if I'm going through periods like this where I sit that much and work that much, at least I want to have a decent chair. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so instantly worth it. I uh, The studio I interned at has one and and i thought that was just like i think i didn't think back pain applied to me because i was always in this good chair and then i got my own place and i'm in i mean this chair is like it's not ergonomic (laughs) 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 and i've got like a cushion to like keep me sitting straight and it's like it's just uh i gotta i gotta pull the trigger but they're expensive man they are expensive they are crazy expensive but i thought of it that way like they give a 12 year warranty and they are like built like a tank and Mm -hmm. just so good that I mean, if I really, if I'm really not gonna buy another chair for the next like 12 years, you know, then it's like a hundred bucks a year or so for sitting yep. in a really good chair. That's worth it to me. <laughs> for things that are like, yeah, because back damage is serious stuff. It's insanely worth it. You're yeah, right. like I'm sitting between all this expensive gear, and I'm buying 
much stupider things regularly. <laughs> so I thought like, yeah, there's no excuse yeah. anymore. I just had to That's so true. I like spent as much as that chair on a guitar that I don't even play. It's just for my clients. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> which, is, right. which is important as well. But like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's Very that's been exciting. Yeah. And like, I, a couple of things are on the line as well here. I'm going to upgrade my, my converters soon, I guess. I just want to take certain things more seriously that I kind of... Um. Yeah, D- that I didn't. I don't know. I I was afraid to pull the trigger on, but it's mm. it's time for those really important cool. things to change now. So yeah, awesome. So how has been? How how has it been for you, man? You said you had an, a great year so far. Yeah, what happened? It's like it's a good segue into our topic for today because I've been just like attacking my goals with a, a lot of ferocity, <laughs> if that's a word. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and it's been going really well and I've got like systems for how I'm doing it and that I'm trying out that are working really well as well. And it's all going great. Um, things are just, I, I'm, I'm going to have to make new goals if I keep up this pace because they'll be done soon. (laughs) (laughs) So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, if you didn't pick that up, that's kind of what we want to be talking about today is, uh, being intentional and, and having goals and, and how to set good goals that you you can achieve that that have uh, like to me there's requirements that a goal has to fit for it to actually be a goal and not a dream um, and there's nothing wrong with dreams but we're we want to talk about making sure that the things you're planning are actually what you're going to be getting done um Agreed. so so yeah I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because i've been talking about it all year <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean your other podcast um if you haven't checked it out, Malcolm has another podcast, which is called Your Band Sucks at Business. And this is probably, a, or this is definitely a topic that you talk about a lot on that show. Absolutely. Uh, because like goals are business related. And if you view your band as a business, which in most cases you should, even if it's just a hobby, like it's still an organization like a small business, basically. And um, yeah, uh, then goal setting and like, coming up with good goals that challenge you, but that you can actually achieve uh, and that will like move your band forward it's just yeah it's what Malcolm it's just part of what Malcolm does over there and uh, so if you want to check that out um, it's your business uh, your band sucks at business.com right exactly you got it so yeah this is an episode that Malcolm is really like primed for and I wanted to do it because of a very specific reason and that is first of all I thought about it a lot lately about the whole, like, what do bands actually want when they record a record? Why do bands actually record a record? What's the the point in recording something in the first place? Why do we do that as musicians, as artists? Why do the bands do that that come to me when they want, when they want me to mix their record or produce their record? So these goals are different. And the main thing is that when, I always ask people this. And the majority of people that I work with, at least like the, the unsigned newer bands they don't really have an answer to that. Like, I make them come up with an answer, but initially, when I first asked this question, they are like, well, I mean, we just want to make a record that sounds as good as possible. And then when I try to dig deeper and ask why, and what are you trying to achieve with that record, and why are you wanting to, why do you want to spend all that money and put all that time and effort into that? What What's the, the goal behind all this? They kind of struggle to come up with a good answer. Mm-hmm. And I wondered why that is. And then there was a specific moment where uh, where I thought, man, we need to do an episode on this. And that was when, on my other podcast, I interviewed Che Moss, the producer, 
and like um, founding member of the of Defeater, if you know the band. I did an episode with him and um, we kind of, I don't know how we got there, but we at some point we talked about that as well. And he said a couple of things that I then took and posted, like posted quotes of him on, on my Instagram. Um, one thing that he said was, if you're thinking about you when you're making a record, it probably has much less of a chance of being successful than if you're thinking about who it's for. And that really stuck with me and I shared it. And then I got a lot of messages from people that were pretty like polarizing or pretty like different opinions. Some said they love it and like they need to think about that more. But others said they couldn't disagree more because they don't make music for other people. They make music for themselves and they don't want to think about what people might want to hear. They want just want to make their own art and express themselves as artists. And there's a truth in both mm -hmm. of those statements, I think. And I personally don't think it's either or. It's like you can have the self-actualization. You can do what you want, whatever you want. You can invent things. You can be creative. You can do whatever you feel like. But at the same time, you can think about goals and an audience. And in fact, I think you should. And one doesn't exclude the other. So these were the thoughts and the things that came up lately that made me want to do this episode because I think it's a little confusing. And whenever you say you should have goals or you should think about an audience, or you th should think what you want to achieve with the music, you get a lot of pushback often because people think that's not what music is supposed to be. They don't think it should yeah. be a business or... Um, yeah. And, that, like, and I don't see that... I, I want to um, tell people that it, it, hasn't, it doesn't have to be either or, basically. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think... What he said isn't entirely accurate. He said that it's probably going to be more successful if you think about who it's for. And I think in that context, successful means it's going to get listened to by people, right? <laughs> by an yeah. audience that wants to hear that. And that's absolutely correct. Of course it's correct. You're, you're making what they want to hear. Um, the argument of, no, I, I don't make it for other people. I make it for myself is not wrong in itself. That's totally awesome. And I think that's how a lot of the musicians... I work with operate and and I love that and that can be awesome but it just means that they're hoping that people happen to like it yeah right um which is totally fine and that's obviously worked really well for some some very successful artists in the past right like you've got the the magic in a bottle that just people want it <laughs> um but I I think his point is so valid and and should be considered more often um I totally agree and I also think that if you make it for yourself, that's a goal as well. And there's an audience as well, because then the audience is all the people that are like you. So yes. if you like, if you write and like, if you write lyrics or songs, if you write about your truth, your perspective, the way you see the world, the way you feel about certain things, or if you try to put certain emotions that you have into a song and or on a record, then chances are there's somebody out there who feels the same way. So there you have your audience again. But then again, like even if you do that and you don't think about an audience, you still want to make that as impactful as possible. You still want people, when they listen to that, to feel the same way you did. You still want to create this emotional thing or whatever it is that you want to create. But even if it's just for yourself, it's not meaningless. It's like there mm -hmm. is a goal behind it. There is something you want to achieve. And... Um, 
the, the audience thing could be the entire world or the mainstream music listener. It could be a small niche. It could be your grandma or it could be you. Like, yeah. but this, every like I think almost everybody thinks about some or should think about some audience when they write or record songs or make records, even if it's just themselves. That to me that doesn't exclude like having goals and and an audience. Absolutely. There's one polarizing thought I have <laughs> that might trigger people. But in my experience, the people who maybe lean towards writing for an audience, so they're like, I think people like our audience would like to hear this. That might sound less creative at first glance, right? Um, it's like, you know, you're trying to pump out a, a three-minute radio hit kind of thing or something. It sounds like you're not being creative. But in my experience, the people that can do that are by by a long shot, the most creative people I've worked with. Yes. And I think that's because they've trained themselves. Like they, they treat creativity like a muscle that they got to work out. So they sit down for a writing session and they're like, I'm going to sit here until a song comes out and I'm going to write it in the style of the Eagles. Or, you know what, I want to write my own sweet home Alabama. And <laughs> I'm just the worst song examples here. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> listen, let's use a bunch of song examples that aren't relevant for 20 years. <laughs> um, actually, that's not true. Kid Rock had that like, Sweet Home Alabama ripoff in it. He went huge. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely not saying Kid Rock is the most creative guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like those people that like they, when they get in the studio with you, they're like, you know what? I want to channel my freaking Paul McCartney on this tune, and here's some ideas that will do that. And it's like they've they've got different parts of creativity that they can tap into at will. It's amazing. So I don't. I just want to like say that I don't think not trying to do just what you personally want to do is any less creative. I think it can be more creative because you're actually having to force yourself out of your safety zone. Hey friend, this is Benedict from theselfrecordingband.com and if you are producing your own songs, I have a question for you. Do you ever listen to your music and feel like something is just off? Maybe the drums sound weak, or the guitar tone bothers you, maybe the vocals don't really cut through the mix, or the whole thing just doesn't sound finished and professional, but you can't really put your finger on it. I know you want to release big, punchy, professional sounding songs, right? The type of authentic, unique art that connects with your audience on a deep level. But you're just not sure what's missing with your recordings. Somehow you just can't connect all the dots. And I get it, the amount of things to learn and all the conflicting information out there can be really overwhelming especially if you're a lone wolf trying to figure it all out on your own, right? Now here's the good news. Whether you've been self-recording for years or you're just setting up your first home studio, I want to offer you my personal one-on-one -on -one help. As long as you are determined to put in the work, I'm offering a limited amount of free one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with me. On this hour-long call, we'll dive deep into your recordings and create a personalized roadmap for you to finally solve the issues you're struggling with so that you can release music that you'll be proud of forever. If you are ready to see and believe that it's actually possible to achieve your goals and make the records you've always wanted to make, then go to theselfrecordingband.com slash call and apply for one of my limited coaching spots. I can assure you that making exciting and successful DIY records is very doable. We've done it, lots of other people have done it, you can do it as well. Talk soon, theselfrecordingband.com slash call I absolutely agree and also 
having these limitations within a genre or within mm. uh, something that you pick where you say like, I want to write something in this bucket, having these limit limitations forces you also to be even more creative in a way because you don't want to sound like everyone else and you have this these limitations, but you want to make something great nonetheless. Like I watched, um, like uh, um, if you, I don't know if you know the, uh, for you guys listening, if you know URM, like the Unstoppable Recording Machine, it's a, a great online academy for um, rock and metal mixers and producers. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And uh, one of their videos, their nailed mixes, they are called, um, is I, I watched one of them with Colin Britton. I don't know if you've watched that, Malcolm, with the Papa Roach uh, one. I, I haven't, but I've I've watched a lot of Colin's stuff. He's he's a fantastic man. Yes, and Colin is one of the most, probably one of the most creative producers that I know of. Like he is like, more artist than producer, more artist than than mixer, producer, engineer. And he's in this nail the mix in this video that I watched. He was talking about that exact exact thing. He said that like if you go in with a band and the goal is to make a radio single or a radio song, you know that it's going to be like three minutes, 30 seconds. It's going to be, it's going to have a chorus at this point. It's going to have a certain structure that just works on the radio and that is expected to work there. But then the challenge becomes to still make a fucking like great song and like something that just stands out among all the other radio songs. And that forces you to be very, very creative, actually, because you you now cannot do whatever you want anymore. You have these limitations and have to work within them. And then the challenge becomes to still make an awesome song in that. And whatever it is that you're trying to do, and if even if it's just like whatever your niche is or your your genre or the thing you set out you set out to do, if there are limitations or if you think about an audience that this could be for, then the challenge is how can you make something that you are stoked on and that is just awesome but still connects with those people and if you can hit that if you can nail that that's like where where it's really um yeah awesome and magical in a way it's because i think the artists that are successful and that who think about an audience or who have goals and create a records a record with, that, with those goals in mind they still like their music, most of them. Mm. Like, it's not that every successful artist makes shitty music just because people like it. Like, that's not the case. They still like their music, hopefully. Yeah. And I know for a fact that most do. And um, so, again, not either or. It can be both. Like, you should be stoked on what you're making. It should be authentic and true to you as an artist. But you can still reach a certain audience. And that's a beautiful thing. That's also not a bad thing at all. It doesn't have to do anything with sellout or anything with me to me. Because, I mean, what's wrong about a lot of people enjoying your music and feeling certain emotions or like thinking about things that happen in their lives or whatever? Like you can really have an impact on people. You can change lives if you do it correctly, right? So that's Absolutely. there's nothing wrong about that. I... Got to have a conversation with Jesse Cannon, um, who, who's somebody we both respect, I know, uh, recently on, on your band Sucks of Business. And he kind of said something that blew my mind. He said that like most people listen to music because it brings up, a, like it, it, it's a mind-altering, an emotion-altering drug, <laughs> essentially. So like they go because they want to feel something. And you, can't, you get a feeling for what that band makes you feel. Um, so like take Rage Against the Machine, for example. That's like political, angry, as 
angry as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lack of bad, like, like that's you just have to say angry as fuck when you talk about Rage Against the Machine because that's yes. what it is, right? It's furious, and uh, I love it. And like, if I want to feel like that and angst out, like that band's gonna do it a hundred percent of the time. What if they put out a new album that wasn't that, and it was like happy songs about dating girls at rock shows yeah. <laughs> or, or like you know like like it's i would be pretty devastated when i bought that album and checked it out i'd be like this is not giving me my fix anymore i'm yeah. addicted to this other thing and it's not providing that doesn't mean that it's wrong for them to do that but it means that they made a decision that they didn't want to they like they actually made a goal to do something different and they did it and that's going to impact my relationship with the band if they were to do that, right, I would probably be listening to Less Rage Against the Machine than I currently do. And uh, they would have to find new fans with that pretty much, right? It, like, so that would, it's, it might seem like a small decision because maybe, like we've been talking about, maybe they just followed their heart and that's what they're writing right now. But that decision to just not do what their audience wants has huge implications on their career. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, Rage Against the Machine did not do this. No, no. <laughs> Just so we're clear. No, but there, there have been a couple of examples of bands who did it well or not so well. So there are right. bands who made a change or decided to to do something risky, do something new. And some of them changed completely and like put out that album that you just were talking about, like a complete switch, like 180 degrees, the whole record. And that is a pretty risky thing to do. And oftentimes it's um, like sometimes it works but often it alienates a lot of people and it's not always guaranteed that you find a new audience that is just as big. But some bands do it in a wise way. They just say, okay, let's try like one, two or three new songs on that next record that are different mm. and see how they work and how our fans like like them. And then based on the feedback and based on how well those songs do, they might go further in that direction or not. So there is a wise yeah. way to do that. And yeah, some people manage to do that very, very well. And for other bands, it means the end of the career sometimes. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think those bands that do it really well are planning and setting these goals in advance, right? Um, band that comes to mind is Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. They, they went from like very screamo to very melodic over many years, but like just so successfully have they made that transfer. They've, they, for the most part, kept their original fans and gained millions of others, <laughs> right? Um, like hugely successful swap in genres there. Um, I mean, it's still in like the the heavy world, their genre, you know, but it, it's pretty dramatically different. Um, I think if they had released their latest album and then their first album back to back, it probably wouldn't have been a very successful transition for them. Yes. I guess it's speculation, but... Uh, Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I mean, if you listen to their latest stuff, they have a lot of like electronic, more than they had before, a lot of electronic mm -hmm. elements in there. They have features with all sorts of pop artists and um, they, it's a, a wild like genre mix at this point, basically. But there, there are yeah. still heavy songs on there, but it's like, Absolutely. yeah, it's all sorts of, of things mixed together. And But the transition has been smooth, as you said. And yeah, uh, it, they did it very well. No matter like if you like that band or not, but you just got to say they did it very well. And um, so when we come back to the whole goals thing, yes, what would you say if I, like you have that conversation probably um, a lot of times as well with artists or every single time probably, what What's the point? Why do make why do people make records in the first place? What's 
why do we record things and put them out in the world? And what do people want to achieve most of the time? I remember when my band got asked this by our, our producer for our, our last album, Eric Ratz. And he, he was like, one of the most embarrassing moments of our lives. <laughs> he like, you know, just flew across the country and, and Canada is a big country. So he made a big trip, <laughs> fucking rents a car and drives up to our jam space to like come and do some pre-pro with us and ask us flat out why we do this. And all of us had a different answer and they were all stupid. I can't even remember what they were. And he was just like, no, it's to connect with people. That's why you make music. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, uh, but like, like we just didn't, we wanted to. It, like we, and we, we definitely, I don't think it was like, oh, we don't want to do this. It was like, we all knew we definitely wanted to be doing that more than anything in the world. But we didn't, we hadn't had the conversation as to why amongst ourselves. And we, you know, at that time we were hanging out five days a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, realize that if you're listening to this, you got to chat with your band about this because you're not all on the same page. Yeah. Um, and maybe you are, but you just like haven't figured out what that page is even is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a huge conversation to have, right? Like, do you guys want to be like, is somebody doing it because they just love performing? That's kind of what I was in a, a lot a, a big way was like, I love the, the being on stage and connecting with people that way. Um, but I think our, our singer going to speak for him, but uh, I think it was more about the, the creating music behind the scenes kind of thing. I don't think the, the touring was, was for him, um, you know? So like different where we both want to be doing it, but at different levels is where our priority is, um, which is a really important thing to figure out before you're touring too much kind of thing, right? Yeah. So there could be a, a long rabbit hole of a conversation that comes out of that simple question. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could it could very well turn out that um, you're not on the same page and that could cause problems. And it's uh, very good to, to talk that out before you go into a project because if you find out halfway through that, some people in the band want to tour or want to um, put in a lot of effort in promoting the record while another person's like just doesn't have more time or like doesn't want to be as active or it's just a side thing for them and you want to do it full time or whatever it is. If you find that out halfway through the project, that is not good. So mm -hmm. you want to do that before. And um, also I, I, I think, and I believe that so much, that's why producers asked that question is I think that your goal and why you're doing this in the first place and who it's for and all that has such a big impact on how the record's going to turn out and what you're actually going to do. You're not just going somewhere and capturing some songs that you have written. You are making a record, something that will last hopefully for hundreds of years that will a lot of people will listen to and or should probably or hopefully listen to and that's just important that's just uh i don't know i don't know what to say like it's not just capturing something because you can but there is some motivation behind it and you might not have talked about this or you might not know it for yourself right now but deep in your heart i believe that there's some reason why you are doing this it could be that you want to impress your friends it could be that you actually hate your job and you wish you could be a musician. It could be that, um, I don't know, whatever it is, it could be different goals behind it. It, it, yeah. it could be that you're already somewhat successful, but you want to get signed to a bigger label because then you see 
this or that opportunity or you want to be a support of your favorite band one day or like there could be very specific goals like that but it could yep. just be like self-actualization or it could be like impressing your friends as I said and that's a totally valid goal and some people just want other people to like them and to like their art and what they put out that's enough for some people but that is a goal like if you want to make something where other people come to you and say wow that record sounds sick or that is like those are great songs if that's your goal then you better make something that makes people say that so absolutely yeah i mean even it, the the song could have a goal right like maybe you want the song to be an anthem for some some group of p- people or or for some event going on in the world like system of a down just releasing those singles um about armenian like genocide and stuff like those those singles have goals that yeah. are like big b- bigger than most people's dreams on on their own right like it's very purpose driven music that they've recorded and released um which is pretty pretty amazing and yeah like so i think you have to think about like why you're all invested into being a band in the first place and then what your goal is for the the album you're recording as a whole and then and then break it down even further to what is the goal for this song what is the point of this song um does it have something bigger that we need to keep in mind while we make it because like you said that's going to probably end up altering how you write it record it and and even mix it um and release it it's going to change everything Yes, totally. Like, and beyond those, like, rather selfish goals or like goals about you and your band, there could be, as you said, bigger goals about other people or other things or like, yeah, things that are important to you. And it, or it could be that you want to make people feel a certain way or think about something a certain way. And it can be something political, of course, but it can also be if you want to make a sad song, if you want to really make a song that makes people cry or makes people like get nostalgic or whatever, like if, if it's some emotional song, it's worth knowing that goal and being aware of what songs like that sound like. Because if you're going to record that and you are like you're having a blast and everything's cool and you're choking around and you are you're having the best day of your life, I don't know if you can record a, a sad song in a convincing way. Maybe you need to get yourself into that mental state where you remember, you think of something that makes you nostalgic or sad or whatever. Maybe you, um, maybe if you want to record a very angry song, maybe if you're working with your singer, you record vocals and you want to make a really angry, pissed off song, maybe you need to make that singer pissed off for the moment just so that it really sounds like that, you know? Or you, I don't know, there are, if you want to make authentic art that makes people feel a certain way or that gets a certain message across, and it's not just your own goals, what you want to achieve with that, but it, if it's about what the song does for other people and how it makes people feel, if you think about those type of, types of goals, it absolutely matters um, and it ch- changes the way you record and produce records and songs. Absolutely. There's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is getting pretty fringe, but... There's a lot of acting in music <laughs> yeah. where if you watch somebody act and it's an emotional scene, you're meant to feel that way, right? Um, it goes back to like, you're meant to be getting your your emotions altered by this stuff. And it, it's absolutely true with music as well. If you're not selling what you're meant to be selling when you record that, it's not going to get through. Um, people just won't won't connect with it, I don't think. So it, it's... It's harder than people give credit for, <laughs> and more important as well. I got to think about that more. Um, 
now to get back to yeah. goals, I think there's some like really fundamental and important processes to to setting a goal that we should totally cover. Um, yeah, go ahead. Because it's really easy to have like a fluffy conversation about it without actually doing it or acknowledging that something's truly important and it's going to be a priority for accomplishing. Um, so number one, when you have this meeting, and I would encourage it to be a meeting if you're a band, um, like have everybody there, you know, open conversation, it's good. Um, but also feel free to do it on your own. Write it down. Write everything that's labeled important down on a piece of paper. And if you're a band, you should put it up on like a whiteboard where everybody can see it every time you come in. Um, that's proven to be like the single most important thing I've done this year is just constantly reviewing the things that I told myself are the most important things in the world to me. Um, and yeah, so write it down. But beyond writing it down, you have to write it down as an action. <laughs> um, here, I'm going to pull up a little cheat sheet. Easy outline for you. It's called SMART goals. SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So pretty much, if you're following that, all of those criteria kind of need to be met, or met, sorry, have to be met in the way that you write it down. Um, so specific means, uh, like, you can't say, I want to make a good sounding album. That's like too vague, right? <laughs> I want to make the heaviest, most brutal sounding album ever that terrifies people when they hear it. That's pretty specific, right? <laughs> Measurable. So you have to have something to compare it to. That can be tricky, but it's really valuable as well. Don't don't skip that. Attainable. That's tricky with music, um, but less tricky about with maybe what you want the music to do. Maybe that is you want it to be heard by a million people. That's an attainable goal. That's lofty, but but possible, right? And you can track how attainable it is and how the progress you're making. Relevant, obviously, don't make goals for your band to play Machu Picchu. That's not going to do anything for you. <laughs> um, and then time-based. And I think that time-based is huge. You have to set a time frame for when you're going to be completing this by. Um, and then, like I said, put it somewhere you can see it every day and you're going to keep working towards it. If you keep that in front of you, if you literally force yourself to look at it every day, you're going to have to acknowledge that you did or did not work towards that goal each day. Um, that's really valuable. I, like, I can't recommend doing that enough. I do it every single night now before I go to sleep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, I really don't want to have to like look at myself in the mirror like this, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I didn't make progress over this weekend. I was a lazy turd. All right, let's see. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. I do that. I do that as well. I write down like um, yeah the smart goals thing, of course. But even if I if I just write down like my top priority or like top three things that are most important to me, and I compare my actions every day to those mm -hmm. priorities that I wrote down, often there is a disconnect. Often there is, um, I write down something, and I'm I really think those are the three most important things, and then I observe myself, I watch what I'm doing whole, the whole day and I find that most of the things I'm doing are not helping me get to those, like I'm not helping me improve in those areas or um, serve those people or whatever it is that are most important to me. So that I think what you just said with like put it somewhere where you can see it and where the whole band can see it does two things. First of all, 
it stays top of mind and you're constantly checking like if you're making progress but also it you need to compare and that makes it much easier than you need to compare constantly if what you're doing as a band aligns with those with those goals and if what you're telling other people or what you're putting into a project if that like if that makes sense when you look at your goals like if that um gets you closer to achieving that so for example if you if you talk to a mixer or a producer or um a label like if you record yourself obviously listening to this podcast but let's say you talk to a label and you have an external person mix the record and you tell them you want to sound like or you really like these bands um because like you list them a, couple, a number of bands be- that you really look up to and you like their records you like what they're doing and you basically want to be in that spot um you have some specific goals that are specific to you what you want to achieve and then they listen to your demos and it's clear that you like whatever it is like the, the drummer is absolutely not on that level is not tight enough or the vocalist cannot sing in tune or the lyrics suck or uh, you don't have a budget that is remotely close to what you would need to make a level a, a record at that level or whatever it is there there might be something that you totally missed that these bands that you look up to all did in order to get to where they are and you have these goals that you want to be there as well but you absolutely don't do the things necessary to get there and that's so, you can call it delusional or whatever, but that's what, what many people are. And sometimes they are not even aware of it. They just think we make a killer sounding record and then hopefully it's going to be successful. But all the steps necessary and every single thing you do with your band in the process of making a record and then promoting it and talking to labels or other people or whatever it is, all these things matter. And if you have those goals written down and you look at them and then you compare your actions to them, you might find that something's not um, like not working out here and you will clearly see why. Absolutely. I, I really love the comparing your actions to to your goals that you wrote down. Like, do they reflect what I did today <laughs> and what I'm like, the decisions I'm making through the day? Like, okay, so I said I wanted to do this, but I ended up do, working on this other thing. That, yeah. like, you, you have to kind of, look, like I said, look at, look at yourself in the mirror and, and be like, okay, Smart enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there are people who are very aware of that as well. It's not, I'm not saying, I don't want to like uh, uh, act as if, as if bands were always delusional or whatever. Like there are a lot of bands out there who, who really, who are very aware of where they're at and where they want to be. And um, it's not the case for every band, of course. And there are bands that, I just had a conversation with a band this week where they said they wanted to sound like, or they really liked the sound of certain records, but they knew they could never play drums at that level. And so they were totally fine with like programming drums. They hoped right. it could be organic in the end and sound like real drums. And we talked about that. And they were obviously like, they were afraid that it would sound, that it would, wouldn't sound organic or cool. But on the other hand, they knew if they were going to track real drums, they would never get the result they, they were going for. And I, right. I thought that was pretty cool because a lot of bands don't do that, and but they did, and so there's that. Yeah, that's like a, a huge amount of self awareness and and being able to rein in an ego to, to make that decision. Like that's 
rarer than it it should be. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's cool. I adopted a workflow hack, I'm calling it, that uh, I broke my day into hour-long blocks, which I guess we all have. But I on the back of my phone is a breakdown of that day. And like it's got like, you know, like the first two hours are for like just like personal development stuff. The next hour is for this podcast. The next hour is for, I mean, for podcasts in general. I, I've got like an hour block every day. So, uh, and then there's, you know, like my studio time, there's my exercise time and it's just all in blocks. And every time I open my phone, I get reminded of it, which is great. But if I, I made all of those blocks with all of my goals in mind for the year so that I know if I do one thing in each of those blocks, it's actually, am, I am making progress towards all the goals I had for the year. Like, it's just, if I stick to this, I will get to my destination eventually. There's, there's no question because I am putting the time into the right things if I stick to this schedule. Um, and that, that's been really helpful for me. I made a whole podcast on that if you guys want to check it out as well. <laughs> yeah, it's time to, yeah. To, to plug the podcast anyways. Again, I think, uh, what, what's the episode? Uh, so that episode is episode 42, Hacking Your Phone to Boost Productivity Instead of Killing It. Um, and then you got to check out the one before as well, which is all about goals as well. But uh, yeah, we, we've been, it's the start of the year. So, you know, like as a business mindset podcast, we got to talk about that stuff and make sure people get started on the, the right foot. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, totally, totally check that out if you're digging this kind of content. Um, and then also I do have what is called the five-step release guide, but it's a lot of, a lot of that content is also about this stuff as well. So if you want that PDF little mini ebook thing, just shoot me a DM on like Facebook or Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest way. And then I'll, I'll just shoot it over to you. I like meeting you guys too. So this forces you to message me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm going to put that in the, in the show notes, but you can. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you the link there too. Exactly. But, but you can message uh, Malcolm. Um, of course. Yeah, I had just had a look at it and it's, it's really good. So download that. I highly recommend it. So again, back to to the the pushback that people give me when when I when these topics come up, and it's it's kind of a difficult thing to talk about. But um, what would you say, Malcolm, when you were in a conversation, and I had that conversation in my own band at some point, where we were we locked ourselves uh, in in a, in a studio, a different studio, we locked ourselves up there to write songs for a week, and we um, did nothing. Like it was away from like a major city. It was just, we were there all day, 24 hours writing songs. And at some point I was like, maybe we, this would go faster or smoother or we would come up with more great ideas if we would think about what we're actually trying to do here. Like that, that whole topic that we're talking about right now, I was just bringing it up and saying, hey, we've been jamming for a while. We came here with a bunch of riffs that we had already and we were, trying to piece these together and create songs. But what are we actually doing here? What's the record going to be like in the end? Does any one of you see like the record already? Like, can you imagine yeah. what it's going to be like, how it's going to feel? What's the vibe going to be? What's the, the songs going to be? I, I don't see the vision yet. And I don't know what we're creating here. And I'm having a hard time just jamming or putting riffs together. Like I would, it would be much easier for me. That's what I said when, when I, had that goal in mind. That's maybe just the way my brain works. I'm not much of a of a jam person who just like takes an instrument and then goes for two hours and then something magical happens. That's not how I, right. how it works for me. I'm a planner. That's who I naturally am. So, uh, and that that again might seem very uncreative to a lot of people. And then we kind of got into this um, discussion where 
someone else in the band agreed and someone completely disagreed and said, like, I don't want to plan this out. This is art. This is music. This is creativity. I don't want to have a plan. I just want to play. I just want to make, like, magic happen. I just want to wait for that moment. And I I just want to see what comes out of this. And Mm. we'll see what the record will be like in the end. And we were kind of stuck. So uh, we didn't, like, that discussion didn't really go anywhere because I had my opinion, he had his opinion. And what what was what would be your opinion on this? Like, how would you right. see that? Is it still like how do you art? solve that? Because now you've got uh, a different sort of opinions inside of a band, right? So, yeah. I mean, I would say, and this is obviously not the easiest answer, but like you kind of got to go and meet in the middle and do both. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I think that would be the conversation to have. Like, could you agree that okay, well, let's stick with that plan, the the jam session for this writing session, but then this afterwards do it my way as well and we'll have uh, like a targeted writing session as well with a plan in mind and then you know like they're going to end up with different results obviously out of both those things hopefully they land on the same page <laughs> um, and you know there's there's always some kind of compromise like maybe by going the jam route maybe it's a little harder for you at the beginning but maybe a vision starts to come as you get more and more song ideas together and then you can be like alright I'm starting to pick up some trends here can we stick with this, like where, where this song is going. I think this is like where we need to be versus this first idea we had. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you have to bide your time in that situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree. And I say I'm not a jam person, but I can do that if I have some, again, some bucket or some limitations. If I know we're going to mm-hmm. make a very angry song, I can, like, it's much easier for me. That's basically all I need to know for now than in that situation because then when someone plays a riff or when there's a groove or some some part, I can compare that to what we just said and can say, does that sound angry or not? And then right. it makes it much easier than just going without anything, you know? So there's yeah. a middle ground definitely there. And I don't know why that... I haven't found the solution for myself as well, like what really, what art or creating art should really be, how much it should be planned and how much is just happening yeah i think it changes like i've I've done 180s on that before where i've been like okay no limitations like nothing like any idea is valid and then polar flips to like okay like we're only allowed to use three chords this song what's going to come out like (laughs) (laughs) um you know like and and that can be cool too um you know or the like i love a lot of like pop music where they're like okay we're just going to start with a groove and we have to riff off this and and like the groove is always going to be there it's going to be as simple as it can be and that can be awesome too you know or starting with a melody you know like starting with limitations like that okay like nobody write a guitar riff we're starting with a vocal melody we're going backwards here for a rock band right that can be awesome yeah totally and what would you say to the other major pushback when people say like i don't care about like my band is not a business i don't care about all these Mm -hmm. like achievements or like I don't care about labels about touring about whatever I just want to make a great piece of art and I don't care if people hear it or not but they still want to make a great piece of art so there's obviously going to be the problem of it's going to cost money time or effort or all of those to make a great piece of art but then it's not an investment it's just an expense because no one's going to listen to it Uh, (laughs) and or like if that's what yeah. yeah eventually if that's what people say like if they say I don't care if anybody listens to it and so you got to be okay right. with like it costing a lot of money and time and effort, and there were no yeah. no no return on investment there. But 
um, when like is there is there still a goal then for you in that case if someone says I'm I'm really just making this because I want to make the best record that I can make and I want to put all my ideas and my creativity into this and I'm willing to pay and it doesn't have to be an investment and if people like it cool if not then not mm. is there still a goal or a strategy there or should there be this is a really reduced analogy <laughs> that's not that that doesn't really do it justice but last year i had a really great year in business and i bought myself a watch as like a present for myself and i was like i, like, I love watches and i was like i'm buying myself a nice watch and i did it Good that's kind of what that is it's like i want to make myself happy and it's better, you know, like, because I didn't make the watch. <laughs> like, this is much more creative and personal than buying a watch. But it's kind of, I think, like, for the, the folks that aren't in it for, uh, you know, to win. <laughs> yeah. They're just in it to to make art. And, like, that's so valid. That is such a, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm sure some amazing music does come out of that as well. Uh, that, like, they just truly don't care if anybody hears it. They just need it to exist. And they're making it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but it's just, yeah, you just got to be then okay with it being for you and not expect everybody to, to go and support it and, and care about it. <laughs> yes. Right. And that includes people you work with because, um, yes, you might still need help with some parts of it, but you can't expect other people to be as invested in it as you, as you are for those same reasons. So it's a great point. Um, that, that can often be difficult because those types of people sometimes don't understand that other people, that their time is valuable or that things cost money or that whatever. Um, so you got to be okay with with the fact that you might be, that it's your project and mm -hmm. it, it, then it might not be a return on investment and not everybody will be as stoked on it as you are. And again, I think, I can hardly think, and that's why I asked this question in the first place, I can hardly think of a situation where someone, even in those in that situation, wouldn't still have some sort of goal or wouldn't still want someone to listen to that. Because right. what's, again, that, that gets us back to the initial question, what's the point then? I mean, it's only music if it comes out of speakers, right? Others, right. Uh, like if it doesn't, it's just a file on a hard drive. And if you make a record, even just for yourself, because you want to make the greatest record ever, if no one ever listens to that, not even like your your friends or whatever, whoever it is, what's what's the point? I don't believe that many people really just want to have a file on a hard drive. It's pretty weird because it's like, why didn't? Why did you need to record it then? Like, yeah, you could just <laughs> right? play. Like you, you could you just could grab just a guitar it. and play for yourself in that moment. Like the whole point yeah. of recording something in the first place is for someone to be able to listen to it. I think. Yeah, I uh, I really struggle with even like trying to imagine that mindset because that's just the opposite of how I'm wired. Like I'm, I'm just obsessed with trying to take some small idea and turn it into a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I really, I have a hard time like putting myself in their in their headspace for somebody that would be on like thinking like that. And uh, I'm not sure if I accurately can. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I do care so much about that and and think about that so much because I'm, I was brought up in like the punk hardcore scene where people are like, if you say business. That's 
that's a red flag right then there, you know, like, mm. um, <laughs> and I've been, I've been that way for a very long time until I realized that not all businesses are bad and that it's not a bad thing to start something, build something that's actually helpful yeah. and valuable to others. And that before I realized that the bands I admired or the labels or the promoters or shows or whatever I went to, that those were all like small businesses, even mm. if they didn't call it that, but that's what they are. Um, and that a business can also be not, not like a, a nonprofit thing or whatever. But for the longest time, I didn't realize that and business was bad by default. And a lot of people still okay. think that way. And a lot of the bands that I'm working with or like not working with, a lot of the bands that I talk to or meet have still have that sort of mindset that – and that's why it's so important to me because I can understand where they are coming from. I can understand that that sort of mindset – and the whole topic of like still having a goal for a record or making a plan is just foreign for them. And they cannot put themselves in the mindset that that we have right now. And I just try to understand that and just to just try to still have a conversation with bands like that and help bands still get their the record out that they want to make. Because I know for a fact that some listeners of this podcast and some of my email subscribers are in in punk bands. And their goals will never be like this should be a business or the, so like many people should listen to our records or whatever. Mm. They just have a message that they want to get out, or they are just enjoying playing music in front of a couple of people with their friends, and that's the best thing and the energy in the room and all that. And they just need something to give to people after the show, and that might be the whole goal, you know. But even in those cases, then I always dig deeper and say, well, then your goal is to get that message across, even if it's just for 100 people. Or then yep. your goal is that someone leaves that show, takes the record with them, goes home, listens to that record, and and has that same feeling again, or at least as close as possible to what they experienced on at the show. Like There yep. are so many goals still in that, even if you don't view it as a business, that I think it's just so important. And in that case, if I want to capture a record like that, or if you want to capture a record like that, and you... You still don't want to have acid. You want to capture something that creates that emotion or that gets that message across. And it might not be a commercial goal, but there is still a very strong goal there. And you can hit it or you can fail terribly and you can have a record that does nothing for you and for nobody else. Right. Totally agree. I think I also just now realized why I haven't done very much punk music. <laughs> they don't want me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it has been for me a lot because I, need, I needed to unlearn a lot of these things but still stay true to those values that I still have. And like, it's, it's, really, it's really tough. And that's why this whole topic is so, so relevant for me and I think about that so much. And I... It's a very fine line that I'm constantly also walking here because I know that when I go on, on a podcast, for example, I've been interviewed by another by a business podcast here in Germany at some point where I was supposed to talk about my recording business and like the business side of making music. Mm-hmm. And I knew for a fact that if I was going to talk about those things, it will be very weird for a lot of people who know me as like the punk and hardcore producer or musician or whatever. Right. And I don't, for me, again, it's not either or, but this whole, this whole goal there's setting. Like a culture around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, there's so, yeah, there's so much around it that it really is something that I constantly think about. And I, I, so, I believe so much in that having goals, trying to achieve something, trying to build something, going, being strategically about something is not a weird thing, not a bad thing, and can absolutely be done by a punk band 
just as it can be done by a major artist. Oh, hell yeah. For sure. I mean, there's been some really big, successful punk bands, and you can bet that they're, they've got some organization skills going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Anybody that's done like a, a big tour, they're organized as hell. Like, there's so much going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And those bands, when they have a strong message or when they are, um, when they are punk bands and there's no commercial goal or whatever behind it, which oftentimes still is, then it's beautiful to reach a lot of people with that message, right? Like, <laughs> why would you want to not, like, why would you people, <laughs> why, why should people not listen to your message if you put in the effort to create that message in the first place? So, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, this is like, we're down the rabbit hole, but punk yeah. is very message-fueled, like, there's a, like, there's a point for what we're saying. <laughs> yes. A lot of the times. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Back to, back to the original thing now to wrap it up. Um, the smart goals thing, I, I, again, I think needs to be, you need to, you need to say that one more time um, or All you right. need to give people some actionable things in the end of this, of this uh, conversation today, because this one was not a, like a list episode no, or like actual things, but I just wanted to do that. Um, because it's just important to me. And it's really right. the whole point of making a record. And I want you to think about those things before you go in and make a record. I want to, you to do all that. And that framework that you have for them, Malcolm, the smart goals thing and your download and everything, that is going to help you do that if you've never done that before. For sure. For the record, I did not make smart goals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you knew that, but I just yeah. wanted to make sure that was clear. I. Yeah, you can Google it. You'll find tons. Um, but we'll run through that list again. It's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Um, if you can add more criteria, great. <laughs> but uh, like honestly, the, the, the biggest takeaways that I, I really hope everybody that's listening does is you just write down your goals. Um, and if they don't happen to fit the SMART goals thing very well, that's okay. You still took a really big step. Um, next thing is put it somewhere that you're going to review it constantly. Um, that could be above your bed, <laughs> on the background of your phone, or or on the whiteboard in your jam space. Um, and, you know, like we said, we, we, this was all in the context of your band, but you should really do this with yourself as well, just like personally. There should be a couple lists going on here. Um, and then if there were some more actionable things that I would just, I can't recommend enough, is just like doing a little analysis at the end of every day. I write down the three things that I want to do the next day, like my, my the primary tasks that I like think I need are most important things for me to get done always get written down the day before um, so that I've that decision is already made for me and it's all clear because I've been thinking about that stuff all day uh, so that that's that's huge for me um, yeah I mean write it down we'll do so much there's it's kind of one of those woo-woo things but it it really is just like it becomes real once you're reading it off a page and you put it there so can't recommend that enough um, if you want to learn more about that kind of stuff, like I said, there's been like a couple podcasts recently on the Your Band Sucks at Business podcast. I think it's episode 41 and 42. And then uh, there is that five steps to a successful music release guide that I made up as well. And like I said, just go to the show notes for this episode. There'll be a link there. Or you can just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll uh, send it over to you there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll post it in the Facebook community as well, I guess. That'd be an easy spot. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah selfrecordingband.com slash community or just search it on Facebook. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. 
Well, I don't know if we or I did a good job today with that with that topic because it was not as organized as we typically are. But I, I just wanted to have a conversation about this, and I hope it was helpful and got you thinking about these things if you haven't already before. And um, I just want more bands reaching out to people like us or doing it on their own completely with 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 something in mind that they want to build and create and that you can be stoked on once you have it, whatever that may be. But that's another thing. You're going to be so much more happy about the final thing if you've actually achieved what you set out to do. If it's just not yes. some random outcome that might be cool, but you, you don't know what the full potential might have been. But if you really set out to do something and then it happens and you make it happen, that's the best feeling ever. And... um so, yeah, I really hope that inspires some of you to do that. And I'd love to get more clear answers to that question in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, as, like, when I get something in the mix and there isn't like a clearly outlined goal, I kind of take it upon me to, to try and figure it out based on what I'm hearing. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. what am I picking up from these tracks? That's the direction that I think it's meant to be. But it'd be great to have more info going into those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. This could be pretty hit or miss in some cases. If like I had the, the situations where I I did exactly that and turns out my vision was not what the band wanted with this record. Yeah. This could totally happen. So <laughs> this would avoid that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Thank okay. you for listening. Yeah, thank you. See you next week. See you next week. Hey friend, thanks again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this one, just know that this is just a tiny fraction, a small taste of what we can actually do to help you completely transform your recordings and mixes forever. If you are really serious about your music, if you want to reach your goals as a self-recording artist, then please apply now for the Self-Recording Syndicate, our coaching program that takes you from where you are to being able to completely independently produce and release exciting sounding music forever. If you join that program, you're going to be part of a very, very passionate, dedicated, committed group of self-recording artists from all around the world. And you're going to get a roadmap, guidance, feedback, personal access to me and the team. We're going to do everything, literally everything we can to help you make the best recordings you can possibly make and it all starts with a free first call, completely free, no strings attached. Best case scenario, we're going to end up working together and we're going to completely transform the way your music sounds. Worst case scenario, you're going to get an hour of free coaching and an action plan that you can then take and implement on your own. So if that sounds interesting to you, get started now with your first completely free call by going to the selfrecordingband.com slash call or just click the link in the show notes. See you next week.